Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. Turn your Bibles to the book of John. We're going to have fun this morning, but we're going to get down to business. John chapter 13, starting in verse 1, ending in verse 5. If you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not there, just look a little bit above my head and you will immediately be there. John chapter 13, starting in verse 1, says, Before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Ishrakat, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, some would say all things, and that he had to come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet, uh, the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning your word would go forth with clarity. God, you would help me to speak into the lives, Father, of every individual here today, God. It wouldn't land, Father, on bad soil, God, because I believe here today, Father, God, that the soil is right, Father, God. The soil is ready, Lord, so I pray that the seeds planted today, God, would begin to grow. In the matchless name of Jesus, we all say, Amen. amen. You may take your seat at this time. This morning, I have the privilege of speaking on the subject of serving. I don't believe that some have been called to serve. I believe that all have been called to serve. I don't believe that some of us have been called to serve and some of us have been called to be served. You see, how many of you guys like to serve people in here? They come over to your house. You're just constantly doing stuff. I know, you know, I think the Rosalinds are gone, but Nelva is like that. You go to her house and she's never sitting down with you. She's constantly feeding you. And when you're not hungry anymore, she still feeds you. And that's the kind of house I like to go to. Amen. I like to go over there because Nelva's constantly serving, but some of us like to be served. How many guys like to be served? You don't got to lie. It's okay if you like to be served. We're not going to hate on you this morning. It's okay to kick back and have someone bring you your food. You know, it's okay to want to be served, but you know what? There comes a point in life where you have to understand we haven't only we haven't only been called to be served, but we've been all called to serve. Look at your neighbor and say, you've been called to serve. You see, there is no low man on the totem pole, no high man on the totem pole. We all serve each other equally. And when we learn that concept there, I believe the body of Christ will begin to grow like it never has grown before. You see, it's not a, it, great preaching doesn't always fill the church up. Great worship doesn't always fill the church up. But when there's a culture of love and honor that comes in the church, I guarantee people will want to be a part of that. We've heard great worship teams and seen empty buildings. We've heard great preachers and we've seen empty buildings. But where there's a culture of love, of honor, and value, those places are packed. Why? Because every one of us have a need to feel loved. Every single one of us have a need to feel valued and to feel honored. When you walk into a place, there's no greater thing that when you walk into your family's house that they greet you with a kiss to let you know, I am so honored that you are here with us today. That feels good. 
Because we've all walked into a place where we weren't welcome before. That doesn't feel very good. And unfortunately, at times, that place has been called the church. Where you get looked at differently because you don't look like us. Or you don't know when to clap. You just clap because everybody else is clapping, and you don't really know why you're clapping. You've all done it, right? You've been woken up from a sleep, right? Everyone's clapping, you just start <laughs> clapping. Right? When the pastor says, raise up your hands, you have no clue why you're raising up your hands. But when you come to a church where you're valued and honored and people welcome you from the parking lot all the way to the pew, man, you know it. You feel loved and you feel honored and you want to stay. You can't wait to get back to that place. You're telling people about that experience you have. That's what church should be like. That's what church should be like, that you get a smile on your way in, a handshake on, and a hug on the way out, and you feel encouraged and empowered to change the world. That's the church Jesus was expecting us to be. The word serve is to render assistance, be of use, or help. That's what it means to serve, to, to render assistance, to be of use, or to help. We've all been called to serve this morning. The text in John 13 paints a beautiful picture for us to see. If I can, try and paint this picture in your mind for a second here. The Passover supper has been prepared and the disciples and Jesus walk to the house where the feast has been prepared for them. And they walk in the door and they look around and they notice something's missing. You see, at every house there was a servant who was the lowest man, if we could say, on the totem pole. And this man or this person was there to scrub feet. Remember, they didn't have their Jordans, their closed-toed shoes at that time. They had open-toed Jesus Cruiser sandals on. Right? And so wherever they walked, their feet got all dusty. And you know what happens when you wear sandals at the end of the day. Your feet aren't wide anymore. They're black on the bottom, right? And you can't go to bed like that, let alone eat dinner like that. Animals going to the bathroom on the road. And their tables weren't like tables we have today. Their tables were really low, so their feet were really close to the food. And so they walk into this place and notice there's no one there to wash their feet. But no one pays any mind to that. They just said, well, I guess our feet aren't going to get washed tonight. And so they go to the table and here comes Jesus walking in and they eat supper and everybody's eating and everybody's joyful and they miss the pitcher and the, the water basin and the towel sitting in the corner. Everyone walked past it. No one wanted to be the servant to wash feet. Everyone walked past the water basin, the pitcher on the towel sitting there in the corner. But the question has to be asked. What happened to the man who was supposed to wash feet that night? Did he get sick? Was he on vacation? Did he just simply forget? I, 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 I don't think that's what took place. I think what happened was I think Jesus showed up a little early to the party. And told the man at the, at there that was sitting there wait, waiting to wash feet, he said, why don't you take the night off? I got this one today. And he sent them home and the disciples walk in and they pay no mind that there's a, a, a water pitcher, a, a, a basin and a towel sitting in the corner. And so they go and they eat and that night everybody ate with dirty feet. 
Everyone ate with stinky feet, with their feet close to the food. You see, any of, the, any of the disciples would have gladly washed the feet of Jesus. I don't think it was Jesus' feet that they were concerned about. But they understood this, that if we wash the master's feet, that means the person coming in after him, I have to wash their feet too. You see, they, they understood that Jesus was on a higher playing field than them, but all the other disciples were on the level playing field. They were all equal. Hey, you know, we'll serve the pastor but I don't know if we'll serve each other. We honor the pastor. We honor the worship leader. We honor people that are above us. But get, on a, get someone who's equal with me. You know, I don't want to wash your feet. Why should I wash your feet? I'm at the same status level as you. So we don't want to serve anyone that's on the same status level as us, let alone serve anybody that's on a lower status level. Because if I wash your feet, what I'm telling you is this. You're above me. I'm scrubbing all the junk off of your feet. I'm the servant. I'm the lowest man on the totem pole. There is no way that I'm going to scrub the junk off of your feet because we are equal. So everybody ate with stinky feet that night because no one was willing to humble themselves just to look in the corner and see the towel, the water pitcher in the basin sitting there would have been a simple task just to pick it up and the scrub feet for the sake of having clean feet and the customs of that time. But no one wanted to do it because no one wanted to serve the people that were on equal playing fields with them. And I think that's the church today. That's the body of Christ today. We like to serve people that are above us, but if we see somebody that's equal with us, that's just a member at Christian Worship Center, you know what? They don't deserve my time. They don't deserve my time. They don't deserve any of me. You know, the pastor calls out for help. Hey, you know, we'll jump to that. But if someone in the body of Christ says, you know, I'm moving and I need a truck. You know, do you know anybody with the truck? You know, I'm moving and I'm not the only one in the world with the truck. So if you need a truck, somebody else has a truck in the place. Not mad, but I think everyone thinks I'm the only one with the truck. I don't know why. I'm going to put stickers on deals. I'm going to go outside after service and find the trucks. Get your license plate and find where you live at and get your address and all that stuff and tell people to call you up. Know how hard it is to find help during the week of someone who needs help moving? Single parent, got to do it all by themselves. Why? Because you're equal with me. Why should I serve you? You're equal with me. Sometimes we even have a hard time getting people to even serve the church or the pastor's. Listen, if we're going to grow as a church and we're going to be the church that Jesus called us to be. Listen, he never called us just to come to church. He called us to become the church. To become the church means that we would do everything that we're supposed to be doing that he said outside of these four walls here. That means you serve your neighborhood. You serve your family. You serve your job. You serve all those things. Why? Because you simply have become the church. Can I get an amen this morning? We don't serve based upon status. We serve based upon honor. Hear me out here. Jesus, the Son of God, sinless and flawless, high status, the highest you could get, 
looked at all his disciples and he didn't say, listen, I'm above you. Go." He didn't appoint Peter and say, you know, Peter, and no one washed the feet today. So, Peter, I need you to go get that because if you would have done that, man, I don't want to wash no feet, Jesus. You know, nothing worse than asking someone to do something and they give you attitude because you asked them just to help out. Can you help come out on Sunday morning at 7.30 and help us set up? Man, I'm tired. I work all week. And do you not think the people that are here don't work all week either? Come on now. We work all week too. Pop works all week and yet he pulls the trailer faithfully without complaining. Gets here earlier than 7.30. I don't think Pop sleeps. I think he just stays up. I don't know how God gives him strength, but he just stays up. Why? Because he loves his church. Simple, period. That's it. Not because you said, I'm trying to get brownie points with the pastor. He loves his church and because he loves his church, you don't even know who Pop is, half of you guys. You guys see a trailer out there with no one in the truck. You leave and go home. But he's the one who stays almost to the end to pull the trailer home. Why? Because he loves his church, period. That's why he serves. He loves his church. Pop, thank you so much. You set a humongous example. Everyone's looking around. Who's Pop? I don't know, Pop. Just wave your hand a little. I don't think he'll stand up. That's Pop right there. And the thing about this, if he wanted to pull the status card, that's Bishop's older brother. He could, he could, pull, he could pull the card and say, I'm Bishop's older brother. I just got to attend this church. I don't, I don't have to do nothing here. And you know, we would have to honor that. But he doesn't. The Son of God, Jesus. Walks into the room. Nobody washes any feet, and so he says, okay, we'll eat with dirty feet tonight. Supper's done. And the Son of Man strips off his status and lays his garments down. And he picks up a towel. He did an upgrade. He downgraded. Picks up a towel, dirty old raggedy towel, stripped off his status and begins to scrub feet. The son of man that has all the status in the world, who deserves to have his feet cleaned, now paints this beautiful picture and sets an example for the body of Christ from that point forward to say this, listen, it doesn't matter where you land in the status of the church or the status of the world, don't ever think of yourself too high and too mighty to get low and serve somebody in your community, to serve somebody in life. He begins to scrub feet. Peter gets mad and says, you're not touching my feet. He says, Peter, if I don't touch your feet and clean them, you have no part of me. Peter catches it and says, not only my feet, Lord. Clean all of me. Scrub all of me at that moment. We don't serve because of status. We don't serve because you got position or you've arrived somewhere because you got more money than so-and-so, or because you're a bigger tither. Big and bigger tither doesn't give you more position or more status in the church. It's just your duty to give to God that much. 
At times we feel because I'm a humongous contributor financially to the body of Christ that you know what, I have a big say. Listen, man, if you're a big contributor, why don't you strip off your status, take a towel, and scrub some feet? The Son of Man set an example. Set an example for us to follow. He says we don't we don't serve because of status. We serve because of honor. And today we honor all of you guys and we'll serve you. We'll scrub feet. Listen, we need to serve so much that when you walk in the church, it should bug you if you walk past a piece of trash on the floor because this is our church. This is our church. It should bug you. I seen a milk carton laying there. I say, you know what? That bugs me. So I picked it up and I threw it in the trash. Why? Because it's our church. When I'm walking in, I pulled in and Sylvia's in front of me and I see her picking up a garbage can and picking up trash. Why? Because it's her church. I'm the only one who's seen her do it. But you know what? She loves her church. More than that, she loves her God. And I know you have a love for God as well. And I know you love your church as well. Amen. You see, honor is about value. Whatever you value, you will honor. If you value your husband or your wife, you will honor them. If you value your parents, you'll honor them. If you value your boss, you'll honor him. If you value your church, you will honor it. Honor is connected to service. You will serve what you honor. You'll serve what you honor. Do you honor your church this morning? Do you honor your boss? Well, you don't know my boss. I don't need to know your boss. You know my boss. I don't honor my boss because he's my boss. He's done a lot for me in life. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Understand, some of you are where you're at, not because you deserve it but because you honored your way to that place. What did Jesus say? Children, honor your mother and your father, for this is the first commandment with blessing connected to it. Then you'll live a long life. So that means this. In life, if trouble comes up, you just remind God. God, you said if I honor my mom and dad that I'll live a long, prosperous life here on earth. God will have to honor that, but it only comes if you've honored yourself. Come on. Only if you honor. You'll serve what you honor. Romans 12.10 says this. It says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Not outdo one another and, you know, I'm going to show you up. No, he says, outdo one another in showing honor. The Bible says this, esteem others as greater than yourself. Esteem others, that means this, that here at Christian Worship Center, we don't just serve and honor above us, we honor beneath us as well, but not just beneath us, we honor beside us as well. We honor everybody here. That's a culture of our church, and if you don't know that yet, I'm here to let you know today that everybody that walks into this building should be treated with respect. They shouldn't be looked at based upon their past. They shouldn't be looked at based upon their smell. They shouldn't be looked at based upon the color of their skin or the clothes that they're wearing. They should be looked at with honor this morning simply because they are a child of God. And if they're a child of God, that makes them my brother 
and my sister. You are my brother and my sister. I don't care the color of your skin. We have the same daddy, and that's Jesus Christ. We're family. We serve because it's the way of the kingdom. Many people join churches today to, to, to be served rather than to serve. In the kingdom of God, the way to greatness and succeeding comes through serving. In the kingdom of God, the way to greatness comes through serving. Look at Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 and 26. It says, but Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord, lord, lord over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be said among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your Greatness is attributed to servanthood. In the world, it's completely flipped around. Look at this quote here by Erwin Lutzer. He says this, In the world, greatness is determined by the number of people you rule. How many people you have under you at work? How many people follow you? How many people answer to you? How many people you have the power over? You know, because a lot of times we take that power and we abuse it. Why? Because we love power. We love power. We love to say, you know what? Listen, you show up late again, you're out of here. We like to have that kind of power. You have to do this because I said so. We love the power. In the world, it's, it's all about having the power. But he says this. He says, in the kingdom, greatness is determined by the number of people you serve. By the number of people you serve. By the number of feet that you wash. Greatness in the kingdom is defined by serving. God always honors a servant. God always honors a servant. We don't serve to be recognized by man. We serve because it's simply who we are. We don't serve to try and get brownie points with the pastor. We don't serve because we want, a, we want a certain position here at church. If a position comes out of your servanthood, it's because God gave you that position. But don't you dare serve because you're trying to get a position in the church. Serve simply because that's who you are. It's easy to vacuum when everybody's watching. So-and-so's coming. <laughs> Looking. Right? You want them? Oh, good job. Pat on the back. Heard it said one time, the difference between a pat on the back and a kick in the butt is six inches. <laughs> Don't serve because you want a pat on the back. You serve simply because that's who you are. It's who God created you to be. We serve simply because it's our heart's desire. So Jesus gets up from supper walks over and strips off his status, lays it down. He grabs a towel, puts it around his waist. He gets the water pitcher in the basin and he pours the water in it. And he calls the disciples over to him and he begins to scrub their feet. And he gets down into a posture of humility. This posture Jesus honors He said he resists the proud, but he honors the humble. He gives grace to the humble. We've been taught in life to walk with our head held high and our chest out and walk with pride. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
But when you have so much pride that you walk past someone who's hurting, then there becomes something wrong with that. And so the Son of Man takes off his status and he lays it down. And he grabs the lowest of the lowest positions and he begins to scrub feet. You see, honor and humility will get you to a place that your degree will never get you to. It'll get you accepted into places that schooling will never get you accepted into. You don't have enough smarts to get you to a place that humility and honor will get you to. Why? Because God always gives grace to the, to the humble, but he resists the proud. It's at this place. Father, you're good. You're good, Lord. You're good. Father, we thank you that, God, that you would speak to us. Humble yourself. That's the word of the Lord this morning to you. If you would humble yourself, God will take you to places beyond your imagination. And he'll take you to places that you've been trying to get to on your own, but every door has been closed. But humility is the key that will unlock and cause men to change their mind on you. It'll open doors that no one could ever open. It'll also shut doors that are supposed to be shut in your life. God gives grace to the humble. But he resists the proud. Thus saith the Lord. And Jesus strips off his status. And he sets an example for us all to see today. I truly believe that 2013 is our year. Not just as the body of Christian Worship Center, but it's your year as individuals as well. But there's only one thing that'll make it happen, and there's one thing that'll make it stop. That's me and you. If we don't commit today, To going all out. If we don't commit today 
to buying into this thing called the body of Christ, then we could pray all we want for growth. But God will never send us anything that we haven't yet prepared for. He'll never give us anything that we haven't prepared for. Before you could have a barn full of stuff, you have to first build the barn in expectation for the stuff to fill it up. And so today I'm asking you, let's seal the deal today. Let's buy into this thing called the body of Christ. That like Pastor Ant said, it's, we're not so much concerned about the empty seats as we are as the people that are out there right now. That when they show up, that they would see someone who's so passionate about doing parking lot ministry. That that's their ministry right there, that they smile and they welcome you with a humongous heart and a big Colgate smile to let you know you are honored and you're welcome and valued here at Christian Worship. Worship Center. That those who shake hands at the door, they would feel the love of Christ the moment they connect. When you hand out a bulletin, you're not just handing out information. Possibly can be a class in there that they need to get to that will revolutionize their life, but they would never, ever know about it unless you handed it to them. You see, there's no low job in the kingdom of God. Because the lowest of the lowest job has already been done when he died on the cross. You can't get any lower than that than to step down from your throne in glory. Having all the status in the world and you humble yourself to death on the cross. The low job's already been done. It's already been done. So this morning, I'm just asking you to buy in. Buy in today. On the back of your notes that you got, there's five blank spaces that says, where can I serve? In the moment here, I'm going to dismiss you out to the foyer area. and There's ministries out there that need your help. You don't know where you could serve. We want to give you an opportunity to find out. Whether this is your first time or you've been here for years. Or if it doesn't exist yet and you have a passion for it. That's your ministry. If it's not here, it's not because we don't want it here. It's because you haven't stepped up yet to make it happen. From the parking lot to the pew. That their lives would be changed before a note is ever played or a sermon's ever preached. That they would be convinced that this is where the presence of God dwells. Because there's no way that someone could be so happy to stand out in the cold in a parking lot to welcome me 
That has to be God. That has to be God. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.